Hi, this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, we are overdue for sharing a review of, uh, well, some dining in and around Walt Disney World. And in this case, we have a review of not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different formal dining experiences at Epcot. These uh, are restaurants I've dined in before. In fact, three of them, well, three of them I have dined in before. One is a new restaurant I had never been to, and one has been around for a dozen years and I had yet to eat there. It may have been the best experience of all of them. Well, find out as we do a review of Le Cellier in Canada, La Creperie in Paris, La Hacienda de San Angel, Via Napoli, Ristorante e Pizzeria, and Spice Road Table in Morocco. It's one review for five sit-down world showcase restaurants in Epcot. So join us and bon appetit. Just to keep you uh, a little bit of abreast where we are and what's happening, we have uh, kind of concluded over uh, the last uh, couple of months a making or a um, review of um, the creation of Walt Disney World in 1971 through the lens of a cast member handbook. So we had a chance to see each of the lands of the Magic Kingdom plus the Polynesian Resort plus the Contemporary. And last week, we kind of fused a little of that with a big story about the making and opening of Disney's Fort Wilderness Campground in 1971. Um, we decided that our Friday, sh I decided that uh, for our next couple of podcasts, our Friday shows would be dedicated to some restaurant reviews because I'm way, way overview, overdue for um, for covering a number of places. And if I'm going to gain this many pounds, then I certainly need to share uh, some of them with you as I cover these different restaurants. So that's what we're going to do. And honestly, um, there's just so many um, opportunities we've had. And so we wanted to share that with you, including um, some exciting ones that are upcoming in the next several Fridays. So do stay tuned. Plus, our, of course, our Mondays always got something very interesting going on. Um, a lot of folks really were uh, very interested in the five things you may not know about Disneyland Paris. You definitely want to check that out. Our recent review of Fantasmic. I was there again last night. I didn't take any video on this one. I just wanted to enjoy the show, and I so did, along with a, an enthusiastic crowd that uh, was cheering on Mickey and and just um, having a great time of it. Absolutely loved it, enjoyed it with um, my friends David and Brian and Leah and, uh, and my daughter. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then um, I think Monday we're probably going to be talking about some some announcements that have come this week mixed with some crazy things that are happening corporate-wide. So so be tuned in to um, our show on Tuesday morning, kind of trying to keep consistent with Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to join us. Now, without further ado, let's begin with um, the first restaurant. This was actually something we did before we headed out to Europe 
Um, it was kind of a little celebration of our anniversary in May. My wife and I enjoyed Le Cellier Steakhouse. Now, if there was a dining experience in Epcot that is frozen in time, it would be it would be Le Cellier. I mean, even the bathroom tile in the men's room is the same as it was 40 years ago. It's a beautiful restaurant. It's an intimate restaurant. If you've never been in it, it's it's so different than other restaurants, largely because uh, there's no windows or doors, so there's no light coming into it. It's supposed to be, well, a cellar, as in the title of the restaurant. Um, not a lot of tables comparatively to other um, restaurant experiences, but it is, and it has long been a favorite. In fact, with the Disney meal plan, it was for so many years difficult to get into. Um, some opportunities uh, were made available and I just saw the chance to take it and I thought this would be a fun thing to do as part of our anniversary. So we headed there for an evening dinner meal. And um, there was, let me just uh, describe some of the, the service, by the way, is terrific in that hotel. Although, um, or that I say hotel because it's the bottom of the Hotel du Canada. That is the name of the building that it resides in. Um, remember that, and I will come back to this, a lot of international cast members have not returned, but that didn't seem to be as noticeable in this of all the restaurants we went to around World Showcase. Um, I have to apologize. We ordered a sort of seafood appetizer that was um, unique at the time. And I, it um, really, they have as an entree Asian dumplings, but this was an appetizer they featured that was a dumpling. It was delicious, but it was probably the less memorable of everything we ate there. Usually they do have seafood um, uh, choices there. Um, of course, the big appetizer is the Canadian cheddar cheese soup, which is often available in on the uh, promenade during one of the world, you know, either during food or wine or the flower and garden festival or during the holiday festival. Um, if you've never had that, you def that's just one of the very best things that's ever out there on the promenade. Because of that, we didn't take advantage of it. But on a cold evening, that would be a great thing to have while dining in the restaurant. They have, um, as appetizers, they also have plant-based uh, chorizo meatballs. They have a citrus seafood medley of mussels, clams, uh, fresh citrus. Um, they have heirloom beets and goat cheese. They have a baby iceberg wedge salad, which I think we were close to getting. That would have been a good choice too. Slow roasted pork belly and jumbo sh grilled shrimp. Now for the entrees, they have ribeye steak, cellier um, filet mignon, a sustainable fish, uh, a New York strip steak, uh, the dumplings that I mentioned, the um, steamed Asian impossible dumplings, and the bison strip loin. And uh, I went with, we had the appetizer, we also went with the 
USDA, um, the the New York strip steak, which had Canadian cheddar, potato au gratin, and um, and uh, crispy onions. It was delicious. It was a great tasting steak. They have enhancements you can add, which include Canadian cheddar cheese, cheddar cream, spinach, bacon smoked gouda, mac and cheese, artisan cheese, and charcuterie plate. Um, a maple whiskey glaze, Brussels sprouts, and loaded Borson mashed potatoes. We went with the mac and cheese. This is a very heavy meal when you add it with potato au gratin and, and dumpling. It was a very heavy meal. So heavy, we didn't end up having any of the desserts. Um, by the way, there's some poutine offerings as well, which are fries with cheddar cheese in in the signature dish and then they add also um beef um on the other poutine dish they have a maple cream brulee a carrot cake a chocolate caramel bar warm pecan brown butter tart chocolate mousse maple leaf and at the time they had a 50th anniversary uh dessert but we didn't do any of those uh, we were just so full Although the maple cream brulee sounds really delicious, but honestly, um, sharing the appetizer, the mac and cheese, and the New York strip steak, it was all we could do to finish the dishes that we had ordered for ourselves. Again, I, I need to say that a lot of times when I come to Epcot restaurants, it's not because of the food, it's because of the experience. And not having been there in many years, I felt overdue for having that experience. It was the first time for my wife. She loved it. I think we will be back there much sooner than later because the service is so good. The food is is terrific, but we just really enjoy that that Epcot setting. Um, it is a it's kind of a darker, more traditional um, steakhouse dining setting. And we just enjoyed uh, being there at La Cellier. It was a really good experience. Now, also sometime during that same period, I think getting excited about our trip to France, we had an opportunity to do um, Le Crepier, uh, Creperie um, de Paris. Now, for many of you, you may know that as part of the new Ratatouille section of the park, they have added a restaurant and they have also added um, uh, a, um, a counter service area in, um, in that section of the rest of, uh, of uh, the park. Obviously, there are already many dining options when you are in, um, when you are in France at Epcot. But um, they have that, but you know, you just really can't uh, have it without. It's an interesting thing because the Ratatouille attraction in Paris um, also has a restaurant. But the feeling was that to do a French restaurant in France was kind of okay, nothing will stand out about that. In fact, I'm not so certain that the food still stands out. But they do. They did create a bistro chez Remy, which is if you see the closing scene of Ratatouille, where everybody's dining 
where the where the rats are dining on oversized um, cocktail umbrellas, cookbooks, and cutlery, and and so um, thread reels and so forth. That's what it is in in that um, in that park. They also have a very large gift shop. They don't have a counter service area other than um, kind of a food and wine kind of thing, um, uh, makeshift kiosks. But here in here in Epcot, they didn't do that, and I I think that's a miss, to be very honest. Um, so you understand that when you visit this restaurant, it is um, described as treat your senses to savory galettes and sweet crepes at a restaurant inspired by the Brittany region of France. Bon appetit. Um, in truth, it's a very clean looking restaurant. It has a more con modern contemporary feel. The idea, as you turn the corner and go into this section of the park, is that you're supposed to be entering more into a fantasy world than the literal world of France on the other side. But there's nothing in this restaurant that adds to the fantasy element. And and while it was it was a it was a nice um, looking restaurant, it wasn't anything that stood out. And I think that was a mess. I really think they sh they should retheme it to the Ratatouille theme, like they do at um, in Paris. By the way, they also have a very big gift shop, comparatively speaking, whereas they barely have a kiosk in um, in that side of they they've taken over a little bit of the one of the shops on the other side of the France Pavilion, but they have nothing there as you exit. So all of that area is a little on the disappointing side. Um, we have eaten before at the kiosk that's outside and we have tried the different dishes that they have there. And, um, and I think that's what drove us to, okay, let's go do the dinner menu. I chose the, the fixed price menu, the, um, uh, prefix, um, prefix meal menu, um, which gives you a choice of soup of the day or um, salad and a choice of one galette with a glass of hard cider soda or juice and a choice of one dessert crepe and uh, I chose just to have a, a diet soda which um, didn't really come with a refill at all or if they did they charged me for it, it was kind of disappointing the soup had a great taste to it it was a creamy potato leek soup i really like the taste of the soup but the soup was not cold but not hot i it could have been a cold soup if they wanted it to be it would have been better as a hot soup as it stood it was neither and it just kind of stood in the middle um the galettes are buckwheat crepes and i that is that is kind of the reference they have to the uh, Brittany region of France. Brittany is is kind of the far west uh, side of France. It kind of sticks out a little bit on that end of the um, of the country. And there they have a classic a ham egg Swiss cheese 
Not sure why I didn't choose that because I do love breakfast, but I'm not big on ham. Um, Chevet, which is a goat cheese, spinach, walnut. That actually sounded great, but I didn't go with that. A ratatouille, which is tomato, zucchini, eggplant. Uh, a poulet, chicken, um, bechamel cheese sauce, mushrooms. Uh, a salmon, one with um, chives and lemon. And I, sorry, I'm, I'm making all these names. I'm doing a terrible job of, but a sav, sav, savoyard, um, raclette cheese, caramelized onions, bacon, uh, imported ban ham, which I chose the chicken with the cheese sauce and the mushrooms. And again, especially the mushrooms, so delicious. The cheese sauce wasn't too bad. Maybe could have been a little bit more flavorful. But the problem again was it was lukewarm. It was not hot. In fact, I think if we weren't in a little bit of a hurry to move on that evening, I think I would have asked for that to have been redone. It just, it just, it, it was just not um, warm. Um, they have lots of crepes, a hazelnut one, a peach with red berry sauce and almonds, the Melba, which I took. Um, the palm, caramelized apples, caramel brisala. I think my my wife had that one. Um, banana and uh, version with a um, caramel sauce. A pear chocolate ganache whipped cream. I don't know why we didn't have that. That sounds really good. Um, and then they, they do add-ons with whipped cream, ice cream, sauce. Um, I know I've had the hazelnut before. I've had the melba before. Um and we tried the caramelized apples along with the melba and enjoyed that. Um, actually, as I recall, that was a little warmer than anything that came out, but but um, it, it, I felt like that was a miss. I felt like the service, they were, they were short on people uh, to serve tables and there were empty tables in the restaurant. It was, although it was later in the day, Maybe there just wasn't demand. We did almost a walk on to this restaurant. It was an afterthought. It wasn't something we had done a big reservation for. So um, I, it was a miss. Honestly, I, I would do the counter service, except there's just no place. You have to really look for a place to sit down and eat after you after you do the counters, uh, the, the, the window service. Um, but really the dishes are just as good in fact hotter um and the window service than they were uh there i think it's definitely worth having it's a nice snack to have at the window service i don't know that of all the choices for dining in epcot i would spend any more time in that uh in that restaurant unless they changed out the theme to be similar to the one at disneyland paris um we took i did a podcast uh, not too long ago, which um, that podcast talked about um, um, taking a big group to Disney to um, uh, do a business program. And in that podcast, we had um, a chance to visit uh, La Hacienda de San Angel. Now, the restaurant inside Mexico I'm going to review on another day uh, that my wife and I had done. But this one, this one was a big group one, and it's the one that sits on the water. 
And I had been there, and I had been invited there on opening day for the press event for it, um, but I hadn't been really back there to do dinner. One of the things I mentioned in a podcast not that long ago is they were at one point, and I think they still are, allowing you, if you go to the counter service restaurant there, which is incredibly disappointing in terms of food, but if you grab something there, you can actually go inside up until about two o'clock in the afternoon inside to eat your meal inside the restaurant. There's a there's a door, kind of a back door, where the seating is for the uh, counter service area, and you can actually enjoy your meal in a in a much nicer setting. It is a nice setting. I I like the setting, and and the windows are big and they overlook uh, harmonious or the World Showcase Lagoon. It's just a very lovely setting. And um, trying to get a group seated for 12, I won't go through all the dishes that are there. I will tell you, um, and I really didn't, because of time, take on any of the starter. Well, actually, that's not true. We are, we ordered the guacamole um, to um, enjoy as a table group. So we did that, and that was fine, but it was uneventful. I mean, it was it was good guacamole, but it was uneventful. You could have ordered that outside. Um, we did. I ordered the um, the um, pollo poblano, which is a roasted chicken breast with poblano cream sauce served with Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, and oyster mushrooms. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for mushrooms, so. I think that one was the thing that uh, that took it for me. The tacos de langosta, which is a fried lobster and flour tortillas, cabbage, mango relish, rice and beans. That looks really good too. That is one of the more pricier ones because it is lobster, um, but it's $35. I The chicken was great. It was a great dish. Um, I was very full from the end of it. It was the end of the day. In the park, the service was very attentive, but the service didn't give me an option to do the dessert, which I would have done a shared chocolate fiesta pyramid. That was one of the dishes created for the 50th anniversary. Um, it's filled with Mexican chocolate mousse and toffee atop a traditional um, tres leches cake and accompanied by ice cream. Um, it is a really good one for sharing. They also have a sweet corn ice cream that I think would have been really good to try. Uh, at the other table, we, we kind of separated our group of 13. Well, actually, my wife joined us, so it was 14 people. And we kind of separated into three groups of table. Everybody loved the dinner. It was a solid experience. We had eaten earlier in the day at, um, at um, the Seas. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the C's restaurant right now. Um, but everybody really loved that restaurant. Um, and yet, six hours later, we we were ready for a good meal and everybody enjoyed their meal. Um, it truly was not... La Cienda de San Angel, it is going to be a more authentic Mexican dining experience. It's not so much a... A Tex-Mex kind of thing that you're going to have there. Um, 
I didn't mind that, well, I, I wish I'd had the dessert, but I, what I appreciated about that is that they were able to get us our bill and get us out of there in time to watch Harmonious. Now, we could have watched it from inside, but I I think there's something about being part of the larger group and and being part of that shared experience that I didn't didn't appeal to me with the idea of of just sitting inside and watching through the windows. So we didn't, we didn't, uh, we were able to, I mean, I literally, we were seated like just a few minutes before eight and we were out a few minutes before nine in time for those fireworks. So they did a good job of, of moving us through that experience. I'm sure if we said we want to stay for dessert and da da da, we could have watched inside. So know that you have that option. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my most recent meal was with David Zanola at Via Napoli Ristorante Pizzeria. And it had been nearly since opening of this restaurant, what, 15 years ago, since I had been there. And um, so we decided to meet up for lunch. I think we were trying to do something else, but we couldn't get into that restaurant. Um, I am visiting it on Monday. I'm keeping it as a secret because I'm excited to share it. But, um, and I got to tell you, I, I, I think the interesting thing about this restaurant, we were kind of seated a little toward the back so we could look out and see the full restaurant in front of us. It is a big restaurant. Um, and then there's a back portion area and there's a patio area. This seats a lot of people for dinner. And uh, the pizza is what everybody, um, you know, remembers we had the uh traditional um we had the traditional uh, well actually we shared two pizzas as i recall now that i think about it um we had a white pizza um that was just a traditional white pizza and then we had um the one with the italian spicy sausage and both were fine pizzas. They were really good. Uh, um, David also got the um, the uh, appetizer, which was arancini. It's a fried risotto ball, fontina cheese, meat ragu. Fourteen dollars on that. And he shared. He shared one of those. I think there were three of them. He shared one of them with me. Um, that was very delicious and and a better deal than buying them outside at their kiosk um with the pizza and all you know most of the pizzas are about 25 dollars. some are a little more expensive uh depending on again the size you get we bought we got both uh individual pizzas and then we kind of shared uh, from there and it was filling as lunch we didn't bother with the dessert um which you know, they've got what I consider to be just the traditional ones, the panna cotta, the canola, uh, the cheesecake, the tiramisu, um, the gelati. Nothing really appealed to us about that. I think the thing that fascinated me about it, that we did a walk up on that and we were seated almost immediately. And easily a third of that restaurant was not filled by the time we even left half of it wasn't filled by the time we were eating our dinner or our, 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 our lunch. Um, 
and only one or two individuals were actually from Italy. Everybody else filling that were were somewhere in the States. Again, you could feel the price of having to deal with this whole COVID thing. And this was only just a month ago we ate here. Um, but still, they haven't been able, they, at that time, hadn't been able to bring in Italian cast members to really do that restaurant experience justice. I, I mean, our service was great. Um, they were very nice, but it's just not the same, if you know what I mean. Um, in terms of experience, it was a reasonably priced lunch. It was it was a delicious lunch, and I really love the setting. The thing that really attracted me about the setting is you sit there and you feel like you're in a whole nother dimension of Italy. Italy in, in Germany, if you don't dine there, you don't feel like you've really experienced those pavilions. Uh, there's a little bit of shopping to be done, but really the depth of those pavilions are found in its restaurants. And that uh, you almost felt like you were having a whole nother Epcot experience dining in the back of Via Napoli. So that really stood out for me and uh, enjoyed it. Um, but none of them did I enjoy as much as the experience I had with my daughter dining a number of months ago at Spice Road Table. Spice Road Table, at the time I worked with Disney, didn't even exist there. It used to be this beautiful garden, uh, a raised garden with irrigation, um, kind of irrigation water running through it. It was very clever. Uh, the only thing that lasted from that was the, the windmill or water mill that was part of that. That was kind of moved to being part of the restaurant experience. Uh, this, so, but I had eaten in restaurant Marrakesh. So you have a little bit of context. When I was with Disney, I ran the customer service programs and we were always dining at the restaurant Marrakesh, which was a very available restaurant. Um, and it is a beautiful restaurant with all the tile handwork done, but kind of you kind of get tired of, med of of Moroccan food after a while. You can only have, you know, um, so much of the thing. And it just kind of became kind of old to me. So it I I was done with Moroccan food years ago, and yet. Um, I felt like a, a renewed experience when I went to Spice Road Table. It renewed in two parts because the food was actually delicious. We, um, you have kind of a small plates type choice. We took the grilled lamb kefta as well as the Spice Road Table sampler, um, which includes lamb as well. So we had more than enough lamb. Spice chicken uh, uh, was also part of that sampler. And then uh, tiro... Um, Pitakia, which we also order in another one of those, which are cheese-filled uh, fi phyllo uh, with a cucumber tomato relish. It's just really delicious. We also did the dessert platter with some assorted Moroccan uh, pastries on it. And, and oh my goodness, we were filled. Uh, we didn't finish it, as I recall. It, we, we were so filled between the two of us. Absolutely enjoyed the meal together and um, enjoyed all the taste for my daughter. She had never really eaten Moroccan food. So she really liked the experience. So that actually, it, it was a fresh taste to Morocco. 
eating, for me at least, eating at Spice Road Table. The second thing I will say about the experience, which was fresh, was that one of the server we had actually was a former server with Marrakesh, had worked there for decades under the management system that uh, Morocco, the Kingdom of Morocco, actually ran the pavilion or a subsidiary of, of that they put in charge of running it. And so he worked for years and they pulled out just before or just as COVID was coming in. And so he lost his job, but he reapplied under Disney and now works for Disney working at Spice Road Table because Disney has taken over that entire pavilion. And, uh, and we actually had remembered each other back from the days of doing those programs. And it was so nice and he just, just a lovely gentleman and great service. And honestly, you can almost, well, it even says you don't need reservations. You can walk up to Spice Road Table. So don't feel like you have to make a. This is the this is a good choice when you're on the backside of of uh, World Showcase. You don't know where to eat. Maybe you don't aren't even that hungry because taking on the small plates, you can take as much as you want. Um, and it's just a great um, little dining experience. The windows again overlook World Showcase. They're beautiful. It's a great dining experience. In fact. Out of all of those dining experiences, while the Cellier is kind of close to my heart, um, I have to say that surprisingly, Spice Road Table was the most authentic, the most in, um, um, memorable of all the experiences I had of these five restaurants. And so I really recommend, if you have a chance, take on Spice Road Table. Uh, I would put in order... Of all of them, I would put definitely Le Creperie at the bottom of the list. Um, I would probably put, um, it's it. I would probably tie Via Napoli and La Hacienda together. The food, uh, more authentic, more um, more enjoyable at La Hacienda. Via Napoli for just the the sit back and enjoy it. Uh, feel of that restaurant as part of Italy. Um, actually, I'd have to probably give the edge to La Hacienda. And then I would put Le Cellier followed by uh, Spice Road Table. So um, great restaurant choices and happy to say that we are going to be covering a few other restaurants. Cantina de San Angel and Beer Garden are going to be part of a very different restaurant review when we review restaurants that are designed indoors at Disney and that along with some other um, Disney restaurants around the world we're going to review those indoor outdoor indoor outdoor dining experiences I've got to try to explain this better um, but places where you go in and it feels like you are outside even though you are inside this building so we're going to go do that as a review forthcoming. And then happy to say that it looks like we'll be doing a Space 220 review in uh, the not so distant future. Those will come on the weekends, on Fridays, with all of our crazy, so many things to cover stuff coming on Tuesday. So do hang with us. 
Well, that does it for this Disney at Play podcast. We are glad you could join us. Make sure you subscribe to your podcast um, so that you get notices when um, when we have new uh, uh, podcasts come out. You can also subscribe at DisneyAtPlay.com and you'll be notified of new podcasts via there as well. If you have a chance, please give a positive rating or review if possible that would be great and then also check out our uh, patreon group the wayfinder society where you can see lots of offerings that we provide to those who help support this podcast we appreciate you being a part of it and in the words of sinbad storybook voyage always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.